and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good morning, NFC East. Happy Friday. Happy Labor Day weekend. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. I can't believe the first week is wrapping up of this show. And you guys have been great the entire week. Love you guys in the comment room. Love the reviews we're getting on this show. It's going to be a fun week next week because we actually get football. We're going to preview NFL games next Friday. I'll probably be ranting about the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills. And I'm sure that's going to be a great game. But yes, he said some news yesterday. A, a lot of news. Um, the New York Giants, I felt like I neglected them on Thursday show because they didn't do anything. Like, it was it was weird for the Giants. They kind of just had their 53-man roster, and that was it. Um, they, not, nothing big happened. Um, I almost said Joe Judge here, and Joe Judge isn't the coach anymore, but I'm going to blame him for stuff anyway. I'm going to blame Dave Gellman for stuff in a second. But really, all that happened this week in New York was they had their 53-man roster, and uh, Brian Dable talked. Well, Yesterday, Joe Shen talked, and there was some kind of a shocker in New York yesterday. Uh, the Giants got Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez obviously came off an ACL injury. Um, if you're a fancy football guy like myself and play individual defensive players, Blake Martinez was a fancy football guy because all he did was tackle people. Not saying he was a good linebacker, but he did make a lot of tackles, and yeah, that was kind of surprising to me, the Giants cut him, because I thought, not like he'd be a perfect fit for Wink Martindale's defense. Uh, that's their new defense coordinator, obviously came over from the Baltimore Ravens. Good hire, by the way, for the Giants. He just didn't seem to fit. Um, so, really what happened was, Martinez was supposed to be starring uh, Mike Linebacker, and he wasn't really getting the reps in camp. The Giants called it a mutual parting. It wasn't. Again, it wasn't a great fit, but he did have 151 tackles two years ago. One of the best um, tackling linebackers in the league. He's going to find work. I don't know who's going to want him right away. I mean, he's going to get his looks. I don't know how he'll fit in Washington with Jack Del Rio. But the commanders could be a team to look out for there because they're so thin at linebacker. I mean, they just brought John Bostic back. I think they only have four on their 53, if I'm not mistaken, four linebackers on their 53-man roster, and that's their weakest position. So the commanders could use a guy like Blake Martinez. Um, not exactly the best cover linebacker in the world, and I think that's where he gets in trouble because you need coverage linebackers today. It, it, it's tough, um, you know, but I kind of want to blame Dave Gettleman for this. Actually, I don't kind of. I do. I do want to blame Dave Gellman for this. He put the Giants in salary cap hell. What a terrible general manager, by the way. Didn't believe in computers. Probably don't believe in, doesn't believe in YouTube. I mean, he admitted he pretty much hates analytics. 
every single bit of it, which you need today because, you know, he's a ground and pound. Three yards of the cloud of dust, Big Ten old school football. That's Dave Gellman for you. He's a man's man, Dave Gellman. Well, the man's man sucked at his job. And the Giants are paying for it. And Brian Dable and Joe Shen have to have a terrible first season because of what Dave Gellman and Joe Judge did not do. The Giants only saved $200,000 by cutting Blake Martinez, who restructured his deal, by the way, because the Giants were in salary cap hell. So you're not really saving much. Oh, by the way, the Giants are still $5.2 million over the salary cap, and they have to get under the salary cap by Tuesday. So there's going to be restructures there because Dave Gellman's an idiot. Kenny Galladay, they're going to have to restructure his deal. They're going to have to find a way to do that. I don't know how you're going to do that, but you're going to have to do it. He's one of the guys I think Joe Shen's target to restructure a deal. And Joe Shen said they're going to have to restructure contracts. They just can't cut people. I'm looking at guys that are candidates to restructure. Leonard Williams, remember the Giants gave him a big deal because they didn't want to lose him in free agency a couple of years ago. He's going to have to have his deal restructured, probably. That will save him a lot of cap space. But they are $5.2 million over the salary cap. It's the worst. It's the highest in the NFL. And they stink. This is what Joe Shen and Brian Dable need to fix. And they're doing a good job of that so far. But this is going to be a brutal, brutal year for the New York football giants. You have a quarterback who isn't any good. Not like he really has anybody to throw to anyway. They almost traded Darius Slayton. They say Darius Slayton's going to be there week one. So they're not trying to trade him, even though they'd say $2.3 million by getting rid of him. They're going to keep Darius Slayton, which is good. I think that's a good move for them. But you're looking at the Saquon Barkley. Is this it? In New York? You can't sign him back, right? Even if he has a big year, if Saquon Barkley has 2,000 all-purpose yards like he did his rookie year, he's getting paid. Giants can do it. I doubt it. They're going to have to look elsewhere. Saquon will be fine. He's a good NFL running back when he's healthy. Boomer bust. But, again, it's, you know, Daniel Jones is a lame duck quarterback. Saquon Barkley is a lame duck running back. Kenny Galladay isn't the player he's... You saw Wendell Robinson from the kid from Kentucky. I like him as a wide receiver. I, I think he's a good part of their future. Evan Neal is going to be a very good tackle in this league. So there, there's hope here. Kayvon Thibodeau, when he gets back from his knee injury, I think him and the G's Uzar, I can never pronounce his name. Z's Uzari. I believe that's how you say it. They are going to be good bookend edge rushers for this team for a long time. There's hope in New York because of Joe Shen and Brian Dable. And Brandon Brown, who is the assistant GM, used to be with the Eagles. But Dave Gettleman, oh my God. You know, I kind of wish we had this show last year so I could just complain about Dave Gettleman and make fun of Dave Gettleman every single day. I hope that man never gets another general manager job. I don't care if he's in football, but he did not help himself in New York. And some Giants fans actually thought Dave Gellman was a good general manager. I, I don't get it. 
if you're an NFC East fan and you don't like the Giants, you were hoping Dave Gelman and Joe Judge were there forever. I can't believe they're they're allowing Joe Judge to call plays for a young quarterback or to help develop a young quarterback in Mac Jones. I pity Mac Jones. I can't believe Joe Judge is doing this. This is why I am not as high on Bill Belichick as I once was. I never thought Bill Belichick was like the GOAT per se, because he had the Patriot way was Tom Brady, the Patriot ways in Tampa. But I always gave Bill Belichick his due. But now you're seeing what type of coach Bill Belichick really is without Tom Brady. And he's still what, arguably the greatest defensive mind in the history of football. But you're seeing overall as a head coach, you need the quarterback. And he might have that in Mac Jones. But you can't have Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, who also can't coach. Especially, the guy gave up 41 points to Nick Foles in Super Bowl defense. So yeah, you know what? Let's just... Flip them over on offense, and we'll try some play calls. I don't get what they're doing in New England. I, I I don't get it. Bill Belichick's living off six Super Bowls right now. He's living off being an, a pretty much a jerk. Not saying he's a jerk, period. But he's a jerk to the media at times. Or I, I think he enjoys it, personally. I actually do like going to a Bill Belichick press conference or being on a Zoom call. Because I think he's hilarious when he gives you the one-liners and all that. And, you can get him to talk. It's just you got to ask him a smarter question. I digress, though. What Dave Gelman and Joe Judge did for the New York Giants is atrocious. And they probably won't be good till 2024 at the earliest as a result because they got to find their franchise quarterback. They may need to replace Saquon Barkley. They probably will anyway because you see how running backs are. They need to fix the wide receiver position. They need to fix the tight end position. They're they're getting better in the trenches, which is the biggest part, but they need help at linebacker. Um, since Blake Martinez has been cut, Micah McFadden, the fifth-round rookie from Indiana, is probably going to start the mic. Again, the, the Giants are rebuilding. They're trying to rebuild, which is good. I like that. Probably what they should be doing anyway, but I, I just don't understand why you get rid of a good player like Blake Martinez, even, even if he wasn't a fit. But Gotta save some money somewhere, even if it's only two hundred thousand, and give him an opportunity to play. Up, uh, Austin uh, Calitro, I think that's how you say it. He was in training camp with the Eagles a long time ago. I want to say it was 2016, 2017. He's still around. He's gonna be there. He made the Giants fifty-three man roster and had a good preseason. So that's pretty much the the gist of the whole Blake Martinez thing. Yeah, Blake, Blake Martinez wasn't a fit, but Dave Gellman did this. Dave Gellman's stain is still hurting the New York Giants in 2022. And he's been gone for eight months. Dak Prescott. He talked yesterday. Dak's a confident guy. He's a quote machine, too. I kind of like that because it helps this show. Dak Prescott. Here's what Jeff Kerr. Rob Ellis, who's my guest at 720, by the way. Basically, anybody who has an opinion on the Dallas Cowboys, yes, even Skip Bayless, to an extent, say how they're going to take a step down this year. Dak didn't like that. Dak wasn't too happy. Dak tells us to keep talking because the Cowboys are ready to prove Dallas wrong. Ah, 
harmless. Nothing wrong with that. I don't mind Dak saying that. Confident guy. I like Dak. Never got to interview him, but I like him. Think he's a good guy. Um, sometimes I wish Dak would just, you know, okay, you know, in one ear, out the other. I think he listens to us a little too much. Will the Cowboys prove Dowler's wrong this year? He might, because he's a really good quarterback. I don't know if Ezekiel Elliott will. His yards per game dips every year. But you're about to sign Jason Peters. You're bringing him in for a visit. You need help on the offensive line. Your left tackle fits Dallas, honestly, pretty well, because he gets a lot of penalties, uh, Tyler Smith. Good run blocker. I don't know if he can protect you all year, Dak. Tyron Smith ain't coming back to December. I'd feel a lot better about your football team if Tyron Smith was on it. So now, defensively, I think Cowboys are going to be pretty good. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I think they're going to be pretty good. Lane Van Der Esch has had a good camp. You got Micah Parsons there. Micah Parsons, I'll tell you what Dallas wants to do right now. They want Micah Parsons to rush the passer. They want their defensive line's already pretty good. They want Micah Parsons to just go balls to the wall against the quarterback. They do. Uh, they, they want Micah Parsons to sack the quarterback a lot. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons thinks he can get the sack record. I think he's going to come close. I think he's going to get more than 15 sacks this year. I really like Micah Parsons. I'm a Penn State guy, but I've, saw Micah, I've seen Micah Parsons. Plenty of times. The guy is a game wrecker. That's what Todd Bowles calls him. A game wrecker. A true game wrecker. That's what he is. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to stop next week, by the way. And their offensive line's a mess. We'll get into this a little bit next week. I would not be surprised if Dallas comes out of Tampa Bay with a win because of that defense. But I can't go against Tom Brady either. I haven't made a pick for that game yet, but Dallas wins that game. It's going to be because of their defense. You can say what you want about Trayvon Diggs. He does make plays. I'd still target him, but Anthony Brown's a good corner. He's a good corner. He's a good number two. The Eagles fans are spoiled because they got Darius Slay and James Bradbury, but man, Anthony Brown is a pretty good cornerback. And he really helps Trayvon Diggs out a lot. I like the Cowboys defense. I really do. Eagles were busy yesterday. Miles Sanders is back in practice. I am not shocked by this, by the way. I, I'm not there every day like John McMullen, like a lot of the beat guys who I love to death. But I'm one of those people when Miles Sanders had the hamstring injury, and I'm sure it was her. I'm sure it was her. But they had joint practices for two weeks. Why risk it? Why get him hurt? It's August. He's your number one guy. It's good sports talk radio fodder. It's good for this. Will, will he or won't he play week one? I think Miles Sanders is going to be out on the football field week one. I just do. And yesterday proved it when he was back at practice. The Eagles want to take it cautious with him. Am I concerned for the long-term health of 2022? Yes, absolutely. But I thought the Eagles would have him back by week one. But they did make a move at running back yesterday. Uh, I, have a, I don't want to say it was a surprise, because I thought they'd add a running back. They got Trey Sermon. Third-round pick of Ohio State just last year. Eli Mitchell beat him out. San Francisco. Raheem Mostert. 
was ahead of him on the depth chart. A lot of people thought Trey Sermon was going to be like the next star running back for the 49ers. This is Kyle Shanahan's offense. Well, never happened. He had like 35 yards this preseason. Kyle Shanahan literally said on Saturday, they thought Trey Sermon had a great camp, yada, 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 significantly improved, going to be a huge part of our running back rotation this year. Yeah, you cut him. You cut him three days later. The Eagles got him off waivers. He's going to be on the 53 with Boston Scott, with Kenny Gainwell, with Miles Sanders. How's Trey Sermon going to fit? That I don't know. I think he's a good pass catcher back out of the backfield, which they need. And they need a, a kind of bigger guy. I think Trey Sermon helps you there. I don't think Trey Sermon's going to come in and light the world on fire. But, I, again, I think anybody can run behind this Eagles offensive line. So maybe this is good for Trey Sermon. You know, gets to start light here, not getting a lot of carries, and build his way up. It's a win-win for the Eagles. If he stinks, you get rid of him. If not, he's got third-round pick for pennies on the dollar, per se. Because another team got rid of him. Remember, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and he could be the Eagles' treasure. I'm not saying he's going to be their future starting running back, but he could definitely help this team in 2022 and beyond. And you get three years of him. So, I like the move. Um, they signed on Michael P. Ryan, too. He's going to be on the practice squad. But I do like the Trey Sermon move for Philadelphia. I think I think they're doing – Howie Rosen has done a really good job at just kind of plugging any leak he had on this roster. Safety, running back, edge rusher, linebacker, you name it. Quarterback. Some people will joke and say, oh, quarterback, oh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is going to be fine. It's going to be fun. I haven't even talked about Jalen Hurts that much this week because I kind of get tired of talking about Willie or Rowling. We have all year to talk about Jalen Hurts. Um, Andre Dillard. I don't trade assets because if you lose said asset, you're in trouble. Eagles are going to lose Andre Dillard for a period of time. I'll talk this to Rob Ellis in a bit, by the way. He's got a broken forearm. Yeah, I guess out indefinitely. I, I guess that's how the Eagles said it. But we got Rob Ellis in the building. Rob Ellis from Sports Take. He's going to be my guest today. We'll talk about Andre Dillard. We'll talk some Eagles. We'll talk some Giants. talk some Cowboys. We'll talk some Commanders. I didn't even get to them in the opening segment right after this on Good Morning NFC East. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
Turner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Bob Ellis from Sports Take. You can hear him on Sports Take. You can hear him on Sports Radio WIP. Rob's everywhere. How you doing, Rob? What's up, Jeff? Good morning, man. Congratulations on the show, brother. Welcome to the uh, to the family. Uh, I appreciate it, Rob. Uh, by the way, did you enjoy the college football that was on last night? I enjoyed it too much. I'm, I'm, I paid the price, man. I, I was up late watching some, uh, but no, it, it was just all day. I was excited knowing you had that sort of waiting for you and. I'll tell you, man, the backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia didn't disappoint. And I'm going back and forth between that and Penn State and Purdue. And, man, what an ending to that. Oh, my God. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I was – so Thursday night's my bowling night, right? So I'm watching Penn State game. I'm up on the approach, and I see Sean Clifford throw the pick. And I'm screaming (laughs) before I even throw the shot. And I'm like, how how do you bowl? Like, I'm like, I I can't. I can't watch Sean Clifford anymore. I'm done with him. And what is he doing? There's the touchdown to Kayvon Lee and – while that's all going on, like you said, Pitt, West Virginia, it was, mm-hmm. it was a really good night for it was. It was it was a it was a quintessential Clifford game, right? It was ugly a lot. He to his credit, he is a tough guy. He will he he had his knee Always twisted was. like a pretzel. He hangs in there. He hangs in there, and then that last drive, I'll tell you too, Jeff. Props to Penn State, but Jeff Brom of Purdue. Yeah. He was pathetic in his play calling the last couple of series. Doesn't run the ball. Doesn't yeah, even really attempt to. Once. No, it was a disgrace. You win the game if you just pound out a couple of first downs. I, I get they're not great at running it. You have to at least try. It was incompletion, throw, throw, throw. You gave Penn State every opportunity to win that game. Oh, yeah. And so, James Franklin, like your six, I'm not exactly sure who calls the plays this year. I know they flip flop, but when Penn State ran the ball with Allen, I think it was on – I think it was on first and 10 mm-hmm. and they got nine yards. I said, that might be the difference. Cause now Purdue's got to respect the run. They just got nine yards off. And then the, I think it was like 36 yard slant play. And I'm like, yep. okay, like yeah. this is it. Now all of a sudden you got to respect them. And all of a sudden Purdue start lining guys up in the box and. It changed like, everything. Yep. Yeah, it really did. And yeah. It was not one of Penn state's best games, but you know what? When you get out of there with a win, don't matter to me. That's a good win. It's a good win for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that, we got the college football fun out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we got to talk against the East here, and it only took me five shows to just rip on Dave Gellum. Uh, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't believe I only 
I, I thought I'd do it day one, but Dave Gellman is the reason why Blake Martinez is in New York Giant anymore, Rob. Uh, do you see potentially Blake Martinez staying in this division? Uh, yes, I do see that. Um, I'm not surprised one bit that, uh, if he, if he ends up saying, look, he, I still think he's got some gas left in the tank. This, you know, what my first reaction, Jeff, when that happened yesterday was if this was a normal Eagles off season or lead up to the season, we're screaming bloody hell that everybody wants Blake Martinez. But for once the Eagles actually have a linebacking core and they, they, you know, everybody feels they're okay. But think about it. our knee jerk reaction. Every time, even a mediocre linebacker comes free in the city of Philadelphia is everybody goes bananas. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he absolutely will. Yeah. And it's funny. You mentioned linebacker, like Jalen Smith. Remember the year Jalen Smith got cut. Yes. And Eagles fans are like, bring him in, bring him in. And my buddy, Patrick Walker, who writes for the Cowboys just mm-hmm. texts me, goes, what are Eagles fans smoking here? Yeah. Have you been watching what this, this looked like? He can't move. Yeah. yeah. I know. That was a shame. His career. He, he would have been a stud had he not gotten hurt. He oh, at, oh, at yeah. the end of his college career. Great yeah. linebacker in Notre Dame, too, by the way. Yep. A- excellent football player. But, mm-hmm. you know, Blake Martinez, I actually suggested the commanders because they're they're a really thin at linebacker. And that's what scares me, Rob, about Washington. I think they have the pieces to go to the playoffs offensively. Yep. But if you look at their defense, they are terrible at linebacker. Chase mm-hmm. Young's out. Yep. Um, their quarterback situation's fine, but they don't have any depth there. So one of those guys goes down, they're done. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to be the Achilles heel for Washington this year? Well, first off, you're right. Like, they're a weird, dangerous team. There's a couple of those teams I put in that category. Like, if they get good quarterback play and one or two other things happen for them, because there is a lot of talent. You hit on the key for me. Chase Young likely missing, what are we talking about, probably four games somewhere in that neighborhood? Yeah, minimal least. four. Uh, we're yeah. we're mid-season now. So it yeah, could- I mean, that to me really changes things because the strength of their team is that defensive line for me. Uh, and with him being out, if they can't maintain – like I think they're going to be really good, especially interior, but if they can't maintain any kind of pass rush, that's where everything on the back end gets exposed, Jeff. And that's where – the problem here's therein lies the problem. If this turns into every week Washington has to put up a lot of points, then Carson starts playing hero ball. That's where he's at his. That's kryptonite, man. He needs to be either he needs to have a lead. He needs to be in a situation where he doesn't feel like it's all on his shoulders. If that's the case, maybe he's not. Maybe we see the Carson between like week five and week uh, like thirteen last year, where he he actually played pretty, pretty decent good. football. But you get that guy that was with the Eagles at the end or the last two games with, with uh, the Colts, forget it. That's that's how they lose. So you're right. The key for them, everybody says Wentz, and they're not wrong about that. But if their defense plays well, I think he stays this way. But if their defense is giving up a lot of points and it's a shootout, then he starts losing his mind. That's the whole thing with Washington this year. There's an article in The Athletic. I don't know if you read it. I, I think that they had like GMs or scouts poll like, every team about their biggest like strengths and their biggest weaknesses. And I was reading Washington's this morning and they talked about Carson Wentz and just the same stories popped up with Carson. It was good football player. People like him, but some teammates don't, I still like, I get why some teammates don't like him, but what do you think is the reason why? Like, I, I, I don't know. Carson seems to me like, not like he's two-faced, but there's like a hidden agenda in there somewhere. I, I think there's two things with him, Jeff. Look, look, I think the most important one – look, you can deal with not everybody loving you in the locker room. I think there's two things. One, he's stubborn to a fault, meaning he's a, he, he feel, feels like he's got all the answers. And I think uh, whether it's an offensive coordinator or his quarterback's coach or Ron Rivera, whomever you want to throw in there, I think there are times where he's like, 
I got it, dude, like that, okay? And you don't got it, dude, number one. So I think that's the biggest issue. The, the, what I had heard that went on with the Eagles, it was a lot of sort of like splintering and fracturing in the locker room. There were some who, who had his back and loved them, and they were they were his guys. And there were others that felt like he was not inclusive. And it's not a race thing. It, it's more of a – some of it's faith, some of it's just personality. He's, he's a bit of a, you know, quirky guy in some senses. Yeah. But he's not a uniter. And I think, look, ultimately, Jalen Hurts has got to be able to play. But Jalen Hurts is a guy where everybody in that locker room to a man has his back. He has their back. There's a connection there. There's a, there's a lack of connection with Carson Wentz with certain guys that I think hurts any team that he's on. Now, I don't know if he's how, what kind of lengths he's gone to change that. I'm not sure. That's going to be something else to keep your eye on. That stuff only starts to seep out, Jeff, when you start losing. You don't see that when, you, when you're winning, everything's fine. But when you start losing, that's when you start to see that stuff. Yeah, and for example – Jalen Hurts. He was in Elite 11. He was a five-star recruit. Everybody knows who Jalen Hurts is. Carson Wentz came from you know, North Dakota, Century um, North Dakota. I think that's yeah. where he's from. Good call. I, I didn't even have the hometown. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, like no one knows of this guy. If you're a young player, like you're a 22, 23-year-old, man, I'm playing with Jalen Hurts. Mm. I'm playing with Trevor Lawrence. I grew up watching. I grew up competing against these guys. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, it's like, who the hell are you? And I think a lot of that had to do with maybe Carson Wentz not being able to gravitate a locker room. Yeah, I, and it's weird. You would think that that Carson, coming from those humble beginnings, not playing Division One, not you know being at a Michigan or whatever, you would think he would always sort of have that in the back of his mind. Like, you know, this is unbelievable. I'm here. I think when he got paid, I think the way the Eagles approached it too, like, you know, we all heard the, I think the Jeff McLean report of the Inquirer, how he had a you know, flathead, you know, thing in, in his office. I think it just went to his head to an extent, man. And I, and I truly believe that. And I think he start sort of lost his way. And maybe earlier in his career, he had the approach of, hey, let me be a uniter. Let me also listen to my coaches. Because guess what? I don't know it all. I, there's a lot I need to learn about the NFL. And I think, you know, that, that horse sort of left the barn. The question is, has he been humbled enough with now being on his third organization in, in a very short period of time? Has he been humbled enough? Or is does he say, to, hey, look, I made my money. You know, I got a ring, even though it wasn't on the field. I'm good. I don't know. He's a really hard guy to read for me, Jeff. I, I have no idea what's going on up here. I've talked to Phil Sims probably once or twice. And I, I, I always forget to ask him this. But when the Giants won the Super Bowl of Hostetler, I don't like I was way too. I was two. Right. That, that happened. I don't remember even watching like stuff on YouTube, Phil Sims being on the podium when the Giants won the Super Bowl, when they beat the Bills. And I know he got one, but yeah. it, I, it felt weird to me when the Eagles won, seeing Carson up there. I'm like, I, and maybe it's the football player in me, and he was hurt. I'm like, I, I get it. You were a big part of the team, but why are you up there? Why wasn't Brandon Graham? Why wasn't Fletcher Cox? You know, and I get why Nick was up there. I get why Zach was up there. But yeah, I'm thinking like I know you're the quarterback, but it, it felt like it. It almost was kind of forced. Like we got to get Carson. Yeah, I, I I think I would have played it by ear. Whatever he wanted to do, if he didn't want to be, if, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, oh. the guy's got mixed emotions. He's only human. I can't blame him. Oh for yeah, him. he is. He's just you like know what I mean. Honestly, like that. There, that's where I will give him a bit of a break if he's saying. Hey, I'm really happy we wanted. I definitely helped us get here, but man, this is, I thought I was going to be the guy lifting that. That's okay. I mean, you're yeah. human, but if the Eagles felt, Hey dude, you're the face of the organization. I like Nick, unbelievable. He was a placeholder, but the ultimate placeholder, but you got to get up there. Yeah. I think that may have been a mistake forcing him. in. I think some of that, 
there is definitely um, so I think some PTSD from that that the way that whole thing played out, like watching that unfold on the sidelines, like, oh my God, like we just won a Super Bowl and I'm standing over here, you know, with my leg in a in a brace here. That's gotta be hard. That part I I think I will give him a bit of a break. I think the other stuff is on him. That one's a tough one to overcome for any athlete that's competitive. To me, I I didn't feel good about it in 18 because I'm like, okay, maybe he can overcome the whole Super Bowl thing and come back, be a nice story because they're still a good team. But then when you get hurt again and he does it, Foles does it again. Yeah. Then you're like, oh. Then I, you think you're jinxed. That's when yeah, yeah. your mind starts playing tricks on you, right? That's when you're saying, I'm doomed. Like, this isn't meant to happen for me. It's just, you know, we all get that way. You get irrational. And, you, you know, I think that's what's started. But really, that, when have we ever seen that? The, the backup steps in wins a Super Bowl. Then you go down again, and he wins a playoff game, and he almost wins another one, you know, potentially. Won the other one. Yeah, if Alshon Ketcha. I mean, right. It was, it really was like freaky circumstances, man. And then, then I think he was into like press mode after that. You know, 19 was a total just freak show of it was hideous right and and then 20s bad and he, he's clearly everything went off the rails in 20 it, it was it was a perfect storm of things that kind of led to him being moved but what what also is interesting jeff when he gets to the colts i have never seen an owner a gm not so much frank reich but i've never seen an owner and a gm devalue their trade asset by saying we got to get this guy out of here. Like that screams to me, like there are major red flags going on here with this guy. Well, yeah. And Chris Bauer, like he's an honest guy, but he's not a guy who just publicly rips his players. Like, right. I mean, and this is from day one, like Matt Ryan, they've done all the right things. They've done a total 180 on Matt Ryan, but Arson Wentz, it was, I don't know if it was the whole COVID thing and, you know, maybe because he made them look bad in that sense, but I can see where that divide the locker room where it's like, well, wait a minute, I got to get a vaccination, but you don't. And yeah. you're supposed to be the, the leader of the football team. And I think he was the captain of that team. If I'm not yeah. I, and, and it's like, wherever you fall on it, I don't, yeah, exactly. we don't need to get into the political part of it, but yeah. that there definitely when other guys who were maybe on the fence said, look, I'm going to do what's best for the team. I got to do what I got to do. This guy won't. I, I definitely don't think that helped either. And I think that really pissed off the front office when he did that. I, I truly believe that. I mean, Ursay is a guy who he's he has a tough time hiding his hiding his feelings as well. We know that he's a bit of a whack job himself. So that to me was like kind of sealed him that that and obviously collapsing. I mean, when you lose to a horrendous Jacksonville team that was still digging out of the wake of Urban Meyer in a meaningful game, and you play the way that he played and they played, that was it. I mean, that was a done deal after that. Yeah, and I like what how they're handling him at Washington. It's it's a good quarterback room in there, uh, especially now you got Taylor Heineke's backup, Sam Howell. They really seem to like him. I liked him coming out of North Carolina. I got to tell you, he had a yeah. tough year last year, but I really liked him. I, you know, we'll see yeah, how it shakes out. Yeah, good preseason for them too. But yeah, I, I just love the way Martin Mayhew, their general manager's handling it. Ron Rivera, they said, look, Carson, you're the guy. Don't even worry about it. You know, yep. you, you, you know, we love having you here. And I get it from Washington's perspective. You've had six quarterbacks the last two years. Like, yeah. this guy – I think they're okay if he's okay, like because he's better than what they've had. Yeah, and look, the conference isn't isn't the AFC. Like it's yeah. that's why I, I always make this case with the Eagles, where where people are like, "Oh, you're going too far here." The conference is winnable for you're me. Really not. <laughs> it's not the AFC, right? You don't you're not dealing with those four juggernauts in the AFC West and some of the other teams. So Washington gets on a little bit of a run there and they're trusting their running game and Wentz isn't doing some of the stuff that we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. They have a chance. Yeah. 
and I was talking to Andrew Whitworth the other day, and we were talking about the NFC, and he goes, Jeff, besides the Rams, and I know he's still got his little Rams spot, sure. but who really is up there? Like, and we're just throwing down names. He's like, the Eagles? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. That, that That's how you feel about this division right now. And I think Eagles fans have every right to, to think not, okay, we can win this division, but mm-hmm. we'll a playoff game or two, especially if the quarterback turns out well. Well, I think yeah, the other thing is we haven't seen a team repeat since, what, 04, 05? Patriots has been forever since the team repeated. So we know that's a tough road despite how low that the Rams look. And then you, you can really make those cases. You know, what's Green Bay going to look like? We know it's Rodgers, but he doesn't have his guy. His guy's in Vegas right now. So how does that – and he's not afraid to – he's not going to bite his, his tongue if these guys aren't. We <laughs> know that, right? So that potentially could get a little little dicey. Um, yeah, and you start jumping around the other places. Like, I don't know what San Francisco is going to look like because they, they clearly don't trust Trey Lance. So I don't know how that's going to play itself out uh, if you're just staying in the West for a minute. But then you go East. The Cowboys lost a lot. Um, they clearly came back to the pack a little bit as the Eagles have gone this way. So how does how do those two, you know, the biggest thing with the Eagles is they have to prove that they can beat them. I mean, I know we can all sit here and talk about on paper and how badly the uh, the offensive line for the Cowboys could look and all that. But the, the fact remains, the, the Cowboys beat them, what, 92 to 47 combined last year? They beat them yeah. down. They didn't just beat them. They beat them down. So this is where the Eagles have to prove it. That, that's why that first game is so critical. For and that week three game was a disaster. Because I thought maybe yeah. – not like the Eagles, I, I thought we're going to beat them, go down there and beat them. But I thought they'd give them a more competitive game. And really their only touchdown early was kind of like the fluke play, I think, where Fletcher Cox scored on, on the defensive touchdown. Yeah, we right. It was a nice play. But you're like – first of all, you didn't, what, what, what just happened? It felt like the uh, – the Flyers uh, Blackhawks goal that ended that uh, yeah the Stanley Cup in 2010. You're like, did that just happen? I'm not really sure, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Other than that, it was co- total domination. I remember, I think didn't Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith have like a colorful exchange on the side? Not like it was a bad one, but it was like yeah. something that the TV cameras got. It's you know football players in the heat of the moment, and I think right. Hurts and Smith had to answer questions for that all week. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no doubt. And and look, they they clearly frustration set in during that game. There is no question about as it should you should be pissed off when you get beat down like that yeah and then you play the chiefs the next week it, it was just a tough start to the year. i remember yeah. i was on bird street six five with jody mack and nick mullen i said you know what if you come out of this two and four i'm gonna be more than thrilled and they did mm-hmm. come out of it two and four mm-hmm. playing tampa and all that and then that's when i thought things were gonna turn around for them but overall um i i wanted to get to the cowboys here yeah. Did you get to hear Dak Prescott speak yesterday by any chance? Did I didn't hear him yesterday, no. So Dak's pretty much told guys like me, guys like you, to keep talking because they're okay. ready to prove the doubters wrong. And I'm like, I love Dak's confidence, but sometimes – I didn't get to say this. Sometimes I kind of wish he'd shut up with a couple <laughs> things because he – it's not like he's a, a big-time winner here. He's a really yeah. good quarterback, but – you. You know, no, like you're, if you're Mahomes or or Wilson or Rogers and you've won it and you've you've accomplished the ultimate, you can do that kind of stuff. You yeah, you can do that stuff. But the problem is now, too, Jeff. That is so like everybody does. You keep talking. It's my fuel. Like okay, dude. Like we hear this from everyone now at this point that it's your fuel. And when your season ends the way that their season ended, with your coach and your quarterback making about as boneheaded a play as you possibly can. Every one of us, me and you and every fan has every right to tee off. So it's like, get, you know, get a grip of reality here. Look at the way your season ended. And you've accomplished nothing in the postseason for all the Cowboy hype. That's the other reason. If you wear the star, you're going to catch the heat. That's just, you know, the, the way this thing works. You know, if you're going to be Jerry Jones and be out there like he is and do all the things that the Cowboys do all the time, you're, you're always going to have more raining down on you than, say, I don't know, Jacksonville or somebody else. 
Yeah, well, like, if San Francisco lost that game, for example, I, I yeah. don't think fans would have been like, okay, it's time for the Trey Lance era. But in Dallas, like, they were talking Super Bowl last year, and I kept saying to people, I, I don't see it. I just don't see a Super Bowl team in them. I, I see them beating up on bad competition. It's They always reminded me of the schoolyard bully. They beat up on all the little guys, but when a big guy came to them, like the 49ers, and they could punch him back, they didn't fight. And, you know, Trayvon Diggs got beat a lot in that game. And mm-hmm. Micah Parsons was really good in that game. But yeah. outside of him, it, it really wasn't much. And now you, they're going to be playing, I don't want to say a tougher schedule this year, but they don't have an offensive line. I, I think their defense is still going to be really good. But it's kind of weird how their defense might be the driving force behind their success this year. Well, that's their problem. I mean, the offensive line is a major issue. The, the old cliche, the games are one in the trenches is, is a cliche for a reason, you know? And, and I think that's, that's going to take a beating. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to run the ball all that well. And yeah, CD lamb looks like he's going to be a good player, but I don't think they have a ton of weapons on the outside either. I mean, you lose Amari Cooper, which is a big deal. And it, yeah. Is Parsons arguably one of the best players in football period? Yes. Absolutely. But they also lost a couple other key pieces on that side of the ball. Raiden Gregory among them. I'm glad you brought Diggs up for all the pick sixes and all the other stuff he does. My man gets burned a lot. Okay. Yeah. And I that can about coverage last year. Yeah. And it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. So I think there's, you know, what I thought, I also think ultimately, Jeff, in, in football, the most a coach is more important in football than any other sport. And I am so not a believer in Mike McCarthy. And I think that plays into a lot of this. And there's also that looming, lingering Sean Payton thing that's going to be hanging over his shoulder. If they get into any kind of bad start, that's going to be brought up a ton. Even though Jerry Jones poo-poos it and everybody else poo-poos it, it's there. That, that giant elephant in the room is very real. I'm telling you, the Cowboys are – Mike McCarthy is that wife where you're you're not happy with the marriage <laughs> – you're close to divorce, but you're trying to save it. And Sean mm-hmm. Payton's your side piece. And absolutely, yeah, it, he's the, the neighbor next door that you're the, the guy's just kind of <laughs> over, you know. But because he, he's right there in their own backyard, that's where he lives. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I, I talked to Maddie Hudak of the Saints Wire uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and she said, "Well, it's no secret in New Orleans. Like, you know, it's not like Sean Payton needed a break, but that could be his refresher. It may not be Dallas, but I'm sure Jerry's going to give him the call. I mean." He wanted to have Sean Payton as his head coach when Parcells was there. He did. And the other thing is he went through – like he did the loyalty thing with Garrett. He stuck with it way too long. I, I'm shocked how long he stayed with it, right? Because that was his guy and he could be a puppet for I him. I don't think he wanted to be proven wrong on Jason Garrett. He didn't. And he wanted to be able to control him. I don't think, considering his age and, and everything else, I don't think Jerry stays with McCarthy if this thing doesn't end the way he likes this year. I think he absolutely will make a move. He'll eat the rest of the money. He's got it. Yeah, that the money that he would have to pay off McCarthy is is pocket change to you and me. He's not worried about that kind of thing. He absolutely would do this. How bad do you think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be this year? Yeah, I, I don't believe I, they want to tell you he's in better shape and all that kind of stuff. I just think at times running back get to a point, man, where they just hit that wall and there's a point of no return. It's not. I don't think it's going to fall completely off the face of the earth, but I don't think he's going to be nearly as effective. It's going to slow decline every year, though. Yeah, and and look, they do have a good backup who would start for a lot of other teams so i think they'll be okay at running the ball um but you're right for the money that's invested in him it's such a bad investment to have that much money tied up into a running back in the league it just is like i get it you have to do it if it's derrick henry and some other guys who are just your bell cows and i can't kill carolina for what they did with with uh mccaffrey even though it's tough with a, a smaller guy but zeke eating up that much money is just not a good thing for dallas well speaking of running backs too saquon barkley 
if he has a good year this year, if you're the Giants, do you pay him or do you just kind of let him walk and rebuild? Um, I let him walk. I, I, I'm not a believer in paying running back. Like, I think the Eagles approach to running backs is probably the right way to go. Um, I, I also, with Saquon, it, it, it's a shame. It, like, so much of your career in that league is dictated upon circumstance. Like, he ended up going there when they just absolutely hit the skids and he took a beating. I, I mean, coming out of Penn State, he was dynamic in so many ways. Best and college he, football player I've seen in a yeah, long time. He was, he was unbelievable. And I just wonder if the accumulation of this, even though he's still super young, if the accumulation of this just ha- makes him into a good, not great player. Like, I think you're going to see him bounce back. I still don't like their offensive line, so I don't know what he does with that. But I think he'll make plays if he stays healthy. But I would invest my money elsewhere if I'm New York. I, I would look – you have to – Hey, you got to get a quarterback. I am not a Daniel Jones guy, even a little bit. Oh, I can't stand the guy. Ugh. I just don't think he's good. <laughs> no, I never thought he was good. I thought he was overdrafted to begin with. Um, and I don't think they have a good offensive line. So that's where my money would go. And I, you can find a running back who could be serviceable enough for you. What bothers me with the Giants is, and again, this is why I went on the Dave Gelman rant today. Do you know they're $5.2 million over the salary cap? And they yeah, it's absurd. The, the, there's a lot of dead money. There's money a lot of the guys who – like they have so many nightmares up there. Galladay's a total nightmare. Like a total. He's a mutt. He's a guy who doesn't want. He's he's from the second he's gotten there, he's just been. Yeah, he had a mask on. He's stealing so much money there. But he's he's bad in the locker room too. And you can't get rid of him because of the the cap implications. Did you see the? It wasn't the first play, but it was like the the first play of a drive. I think it was their second drive of the last preseason game. He, my buddy Kevin Boiler caught it. He pretty much just dogged the block. Like yeah, he wouldn't block. Yeah, yeah, he made he made a business decision. Yeah, he would not block the guy. It's like, you know, I know you're not thrilled with being out there in a preseason game, but a your team stinks, and they need as many reps as they can get. And b you've been horrible since you've gotten here, and you're being paid a lot of money. Go out there and at least feign a block. Yeah. I love the way Darius Slayton approaches because there were rumors about them being being traded. Darius Slayton goes, "Look, I'm happy to be in the NFL. I know I'm a good player. I'll be a good player here. I'll be a good player anyway." I mm-hmm. like how guys kind of embrace that and. I actually like how the Giants handled it. They couldn't trade him, and Joe Shen just pretty much went on the record and said, no, he's going to be here week one. We need him. And yeah. I, and I think I, that's a good way to handle your, your franchise. Well, A, I agree with you. And and B, it also makes you appreciate the function as opposed to the dysfunction that the Eagles have. You don't see that kind of stuff. There's not a lot of that sort of like, you know, bad attitude, uh, malingering, stealing money kind of stuff with the Eagles. You don't see that, and it does make you appreciate it when you see it elsewhere around the league. Yeah. He's a problem for them. And especially he's going to get frustrated as the season goes on, whether it's Daniel Jones or whomever is behind center. And there's going to be problems there with him. I can promise you that we haven't seen the end of that. Yeah. I keep telling Giants fans. I, I, I know like things are going to be better for you, but it kind of feels like 2016 with the Eagles, although the Eagles had a franchise quarterback, it's, it's going to be a rough year for you. So you better take your lumps. Well, they know it. I mean, yeah. he, the other day he said, Shane, he, he was like, uh, basically like, we got to, we just got to get through today. Like if you're, if you're throwing that out there to your yeah. fans, like, you, you before know, this, yeah, before the season started, like we just got to get through today. It's like, Whoa, that's a bad sign, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look at what they got. They, they got a quarterback. They all want the running back. You probably don't want, I mean, mm-hmm. they got to rebuild so much on this football team I said maybe 2024 at the earliest, and they got a hell on the quarterback. Yes, that's a bit. Look, they're. Um, I'd have to look at what they're how they're set up with draft picks, but yeah, I mean, for them, 
I'm making it a priority to do everything I can to get a quarterback in this draft coming out because I think this is going to be a really star-studded draft with quarterbacks. Yeah. What, what bothers me, too, with them is I don't even think they're the worst team in the conference. I think the Seahawks are purposely trying to be bad. Yeah, they're, they're in tank mode, 100%. Yeah. So are the Falcons. So yep. they're probably going to be ahead of you. And there's yep. going to be teams in the AFC that are going to be ahead of you just because the AFC is loaded. Mm -hmm. it, it's just funny how – I forget who pointed this out to me, but the Jets – had seven guys claimed on waivers. The Giants had none. That's right. what people think of the Giants roster. I know, right. You yeah, you, you look at it two ways. One, the Jets can't evaluate talent and they're letting guys walk out the building. Or they have some good players. I thought I I thought the team that drafted the best this past year was the Jets. I like their draft better than anybody else. The, their last two drafts were, were really good. And mm -hmm. when I watched our preseason game, I was against the Eagles when I was at the link, I'm like, you know what? They're not bad. It's just – It's all Zach Wilson. It's yep, all Zach Wilson. And he's been hurt. So, who knows? Rob, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm going to have you on Good Morning MC a couple of times. We're going to be random raving about this division all year, and I, I just can't wait for the games next week. Love it, Jeff. I love your work, man. And, uh, yeah, it's back at you. We look forward to having you, you know, back on Sports Take too. But uh, awesome job, dude. We, we love having you with the in the lineup, man. We are – we're murderers row, man. We're just going to keep going. Let's do it, man. It, yes. it, it's every day. First three, six, five football playbook you guys as soon as the Jalen Rager stuff went down I'm on the treadmill I'm like sports take let's go I gotta hear Rob <laughs> my got man <laughs> I appreciate it man thank you Jeff yeah sounds great thanks for coming on Rob all right Jeff good morning man thanks yeah sounds great all right so I gotta do a tribute to Jerry McDowell here who's coming up next but we gotta put a bow on the show right after this Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated. Motivated. And always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Guys, we're going to wrap up the show here, and I'm going to get into some fantasy football talk, believe it or not. Um, I'm in 11 fantasy football leagues. I'm in 11 of them. I cashed in eight of them last year. I, I'm insane. I'm in dynasty leagues. I, I, I go crazy when it comes to fantasy football. I, I got a lot of friends, and a lot of people want me in their league. So I, I end up playing for money and do all that stuff. I don't gamble, so this, this is my version of gambling, fantasy football. I love it. I enjoy it. Good Morning Football just had a segment. I got to listen to it as soon as I log off here. Should they let offensive linemen in fantasy football leagues? Like Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson wants to speak into existence. <laughs> I'd be all for it. I'd be all for drafting offensive line fantasy football. I do leagues with individual defensive players and linebackers, corners, safeties, you name it. That's how I win leagues because I'm studying every position of the game as it is. So I'd be all for offensive linemen. All for it. Sean O'Hara is right on the money. If they had a league with offensive linemen, I'd go for it. I wouldn't draft them high, but I'd, I'd be all for it. I'd draft Lane Johnson. I'd draft Jordan Mulata. There's a couple good players I drafted. If I, I couldn't get them, I'd probably get Charles Owen on the Commanders. Like him a lot. Um, Zach Martin would probably be one of the first linemen to draft. I don't know how they'd score it. I guess it'd be all. Pancakes allowed, pressure's allowed, but you can do it. You can do it. All you got to do is use, like, the PFF or True Media Systems. You can find a way to include offensive linemen. So I think that's kind of cool. I, would, I wouldn't mind if they did do that or create a league for that. I'd be all for it. But overall, guys, next week, we got football. NFL football. Next week, Dallas-Tampa. That's going to be next Sunday night. I'm excited for that game. Eagles-Lions, I'm going to be excited for that. Giants-Commanders, I'm going to be excited for that. I mean, Giants-Commanders, sorry. Now, I, I, guys, I'm losing my thought, train of thought here. Commanders-Jaguars. Commanders-Jaguars. It's early for me, too. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to be covering a game next week or not. I know I'm covering the Monday Night Football game between the Eagles and the Vikings in Week 2. Ravens play the Jets. That's in New York. Think about that one. Maybe see Lamar if he signs his contract. Commanders-Jaguars would be the game. Again, three-hour drive, quick train ride. I could, I could do that. be a fun game to do. Go see Doug. I'd love to go see Doug Pearson again. First game of New City. Go see Carson. Doug versus Carson. That little storyline in there. Uh, I won't be going to Detroit. Um, I'll, go, I'll be going to some Eagles road games this year, but won't be going to Detroit. So I, I got to make a decision on that one soon. But overall, it's been a blast, guys. I, I, I've this is my first week being a host ever. 
last time I was a host was some of you guys might remember when I did Facebook Lives for 24-7 Sports with the Eagles. This is when I was first starting out with CBS. I had some crazy skits. I had some crazy, crazy skits. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun time engaging with the fans over that, answering their questions for a lot of years. I appreciate you guys sending me tweets, putting your comments on YouTube. Some of my friends texted me saying, hey, love the show. This is an awesome idea. I agree. I think it is an awesome idea. I love talking about the NFC East. And, yeah, we're, we're primarily focused on the Eagles around the Jacob E. YouTube channel. But I think it's good to know a lot about the Eagles' opponents. And, again, this is why I, I thought Dallas was the class of the NFC East last year, as you guys saw, because I knew how good they were. I didn't think they were a Super Bowl caliber team, but I knew they were good. And let's face it, this is an opportunity for the Eagles to win the NFC East this year. A golden opportunity. Well, I don't think we can sell Washington short either. The Giants are going to be bad, I hate to say it. Uh, the Giants fans are going to hate me by second, third week of the season. <laughs> Maybe not because, you know, spitting truth's tough. You always hate to hear the truth, but they're not going to be good this year. But their future's bright. And I'll say that probably every day on this show. Once again, I really appreciate y'all just tuning in. Hit that like button. I would really appreciate that. Love hearing the comments about the show. Next week, though, we got some football. And we're going to preview games all next week. I got still working on my lineup of guests. It's going to be fun. We're not going to have a show Labor Day. You know, Labor Day is an off day. But I'll be back Tuesday. We're going to have some fun next week. going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be previewing NFL games. Cannot wait. Make sure to tune in to Joey McDonald, John McMullen, Birds 365, then the Football Playbook with Rick Saratella at 10, Sports Take, my man Rob Ellis. I appreciate Rob for coming on today, 12 to 3, and then the Dan Cilio, uh, National Football Show with Dan Cilio at 3 o'clock. Have a good Labor Day weekend, everybody. Enjoy the beach. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy the college football. Have a good weekend, guys. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.